0: Psalm 27, I'm gonna read the first six verses, I'm gonna pray, and then we're gonna do our best to to walk through it for a a few minutes. So it says this, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil doers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp around me, My heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing have I asked of the Lord. I love this. One thing have I asked of the Lord that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing, make melody to the Lord. So Father, we thank you that we are not the first young adults to do this thing called life but that there are um, so many who have come before us, including David. Uh, We thank you that we are not the first ones to get stuck. thank you that we have your word. And that song that was written 3,000 years ago is just as relevant today. So, Spirit, I ask that you would move in hearts tonight, and that you would take uh, stuck souls and get them unstuck. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Anybody ever just, just felt off? You ever had a day where where you just feel off? Austin has. Anyone other than Austin? (laughs) Right? It's like, me too, man. It's like uh, that you know what you were created for, and you get this glimpse of it, and then you can't quite put words to what's going on, but you just kind of feel off, and then maybe one day turns into two days, right? Turns into a week, month year maybe 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 um, for, for some of us, we feel like we just haven't felt like ourselves since we we can't even remember when stuck stuck it's a, a weird kind of kind of feeling, but but I want to kind of try to try to um, unpack this a, a little bit because I think it's something that that we come across all the time, and um, when I say we I mean i <laughs> i uh I somebody made fun of me a couple weeks ago. They go, hey, when you're when you're talking up there and you're you're like talking about your own struggles, like we want to know what, like what's really going on, you know. And then and then he goes, he goes, and don't just say road rage because that's a cop out. We all have that. Like like tell us what's what's really going on with you. So here we go. Um, I told you I told you uh, that this weekend was was great for me. It was this like moment of, of getting unstuck. But but the majority of this past week. I felt stuck, Uh, I I felt stuck, and the reason why is because I preached a a, a bad sermon, preached a sermon that just didn't go well, and now you're you're thinking, okay, cool, man, like I got all this stuff going on in my life, and you preach that bad sermon, good for you, whoop de doo get over it, but but here's what you got to understand. Everything that Trav was talking about last week, which, by the way, if you weren't here, listen to the podcast because he killed it. It was awesome. Everything that Trav talked about last week about being enough and realizing that we are beloved and realizing that God just loves us for who we are and we don't have to perform and we don't have to do all these things to earn his love, but he just loves us because of who we are. Like, man, I get that, you know? I get it, man, I, I could get up here and preach it, I could articulate it, but, but sometimes the gap between your head and your heart is pretty big, you know what I'm saying? Like, like sometimes it's easy to understand something and get something intellectually, it's a whole different ball game to put it into practice. So what happens to me, and I've told you guys this, it happens all, all the time, is when you're doing ministry, ministry becomes this really convenient way to, to, to kind of create this wall in front of yourself so that everybody else doesn't have to see your real self and see what, what, what's really going on. So I can say, yeah, I'm beloved and, and, and great, but what's actually happening in my heart is I'm going, I don't feel that way. I, I don't think that about myself. In fact, if my friends at Young Adults saw who I really was, like, man, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I'd want to, want to show face around there I I don't know that they'd want to hang out with me because I know myself I I know myself too well and so I I I go well maybe I'll just go serve a bunch you know I'll go serve a bunch and I'll go pray a bunch and I'll go have these one-on-one meetings with with people and just go do ministry I'll preach a bunch of good sermons and I'll I'll line this wall up so that I can just kind of go back over here and they don't have to see what's really here and that's all great and all but What do you do when when it doesn't work, right? What do you do when you preach a sermon and it doesn't land? What happens, and this is all going on internally, but what happens to me is I go, my my wall's down. My wall's down, I'm exposed, and I hate it. I I, I hate it in the I don't wanna get out of bed this morning kind of way, you know? Like I hate it in the, the I don't wanna make eye contact with people kind of a way because even though I understand that I'm beloved, sometimes I forget, oftentimes I forget. It's still sinking it into my heart. And so when that happens, I get stuck. And you're going, man, this, guy, this guy's got some problems. I do, and that's why we got Jesus. But, but let, me, let me say this. I, I think that, that that whole stuck um, uh, illustration works for for all of us maybe it's not a bad sermon maybe maybe it's just feeling like you're not enough you know maybe it's a fear maybe it's a fear that you're gonna fail maybe maybe it's um hey I feel like God's telling me to go do this interview or I'm t- I feel like God's telling me to go take this step but what if I don't make it well what if I'm not enough? what if I'm a failure then everybody's going to look at me and I'm gonna be the one that couldn't, couldn't measure up. I'm gonna be the one that, that couldn't make it. So, so maybe I should just come play it safe over here. Or, or maybe it's the comparison trap, right? Maybe, maybe it's that, that feeling that, like you're never gonna be as good as that person or as good looking as that person. And so you're never gonna be able to measure up. And so I'm just gonna play it safe back here because being stuck back here is at least safe. And by the way, that that we're talking about is like airbrushed photoshopped magazine covers that we compare uh, ourselves to that aren't consistent with reality and yet they do something to our minds when, when we see them and we start to feel like we're never going to be enough and maybe sometimes it's better just to play it safe. Maybe sometimes it's better just to stay stuck because stuck is comfortable. Maybe it's a relationship, all right? Relationship, you know you, know you got to get out of, but, but you're so comfortable. And, and you know it's not great. You know it's not the best thing that God has for you, but you know what? It's better than being alone, right? It's better, better than being alone, so I'll just stay. I'll, I'll just stay, and, and he treats me like garbage or, or, or she treats me like garbage, but, but it's better than the alternative, and I'm scared to find out what happens if I don't, so I'm just going to stay, and I'm just going to keep going around this merry-go-round. I'm just gonna stay stuck. Addiction. Eh. You, 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 you get a weak sobriety and you, you feel starting to feel like you're getting your life back, starting to feel like, like you're doing pretty good uh, again, and then you stumble right back into whatever that thing is for you, and it's like, man, I'm just I can't beat this thing, and you feel stuck. Maybe it's as simple as just being a groomsman or a bridesmaid one too many times. Oh, do we, we get a little too personal there? Hey, I'm at 10, by the way, so so cheers. Oh, but maybe it's that feeling of, hey, this is great, what's happening for everybody else and how they're finding that special someone. What, what about me? What about me and all the fears and insecurities that that brings up? Are we preaching yet, right? This is all of us. This is what happens. We're going along our lives, and then we just get stuck. So Thursday morning, I'm out running at the beach, just frustrated, stuck, ready to give up. Kyle Rice, when he was here two weeks ago, he said so many good things. But at one point, he goes, yeah, I've quit Skid Row 30 times. <laughs> and I wanted just to stand up and shout amen, because that's what happens, right? We just want to give up. And I'm running on the beach, and I look out into the sea, and there's this sailboat. It's early morning, beautiful early morning. There's this sailboat about 300 yards off the shore. It's just sailing, and I don't know what the guy or the girl or whatever. I don't know their story, but they just look so content, you know, so free. And I'm I'm stuck here on the shore thinking, man, I would really, really, really love to be out in the, in the blue sea right now, just moving and, and grooving and doing something with my life and enjoying the peace. But I just feel stuck here on the shore. And so I'm, I'm not a sailor. I, I have a short and unsuccessful history with sailing that I'll tell you about some other time. Um, but... But what I, I, I do know is, is as I'm standing there, I'm now standing, you ever go on a run and then you see something and you just kind of like, yes. you, you just stop and you forget like, oh yeah, I'm trying to work out right now and I, it's a whole thing and yeah, I, I don't know. Um, so that happens and I'm, I'm, I'm standing there and I'm staring at it and I thought, man, maybe Maybe a sailing analogy would be, would be good for us as young adults. So tonight we're, we're using a sailing metaphor, all right? Sailing, if you want to sail, you want to sail the deep blue sea and you want to sail it freely, there are some things that you have to do, but if you don't, you stay stuck. And the beautiful thing about, about this, the whole stuck analogy, is David, I think, was right there with us. You know that David um, actually had a really hard life? <laughs> David's this guy in the Bible, if you don't know, who lived about 1,000 years before Jesus. And um, he ended up being a king. He did all these great things. He was the guy that killed Goliath. Um, and he was called a man after God's own heart. And yet David, especially when he was a young adult, just went through it. He, he absolutely went through it. And lots of scholars think that he wrote the psalm, Psalm 27, as a young adult what was happening is, is David got anointed king at a young age, right? So so he's with his brothers and Samuel picks David. David gets anointed as king and, and um, it's it's like he's like this young shepherd boy and his family's gotta be looking at him. Like, like what's that dinner like af- afterwards, you know? Uh, like you show up and, and Jesse, the dad's like, hey, what was everybody's high and low? And you get to David and he's like, well, I got anointed as king of Israel. So that was like, That was a pretty good high for me, right? That's a pretty cool moment. A couple years go by and the Philistines, one of their enemies show up. And this guy named Goliath, who's a giant, which if you're a skeptic in here and you're like, this is why I don't like the Bible, it's just a bunch of fairy tales. It's not giant, like 30 feet tall. He's just a really big dude. He was the champion fighter of of the Philistines is out mocking the Israelites saying, hey, somebody come and and challenge me one-on-one. Let's go man-to-man. And not a single Israelite will do it until David, the little shepherd boy, shows up and and you know the story goes and and kills Goliath because he goes, hey, uh, uh, that Philistine's talking trash about God and God's on our side, so how about we understand that and we go kill the the giant? But then David becomes a general in Saul's army and he goes out and he has all this success in, in war, right? And then Saul gets jealous. The king at the time gets jealous and starts trying to kill David and David goes on the run. So David spends his entire young adult career on the run, hiding in caves, putting together this like ragtag group of of, like criminals and and lowlifes that that just come out to, to kind of join forces with him. And they start winning all these battles together and they have all of these adventures. But you gotta think David had a lot of nights under the stars, looking at his men feeling double-crossed sometimes, learning how to lead, like all the things that come with being young and professional, plug to young professionals on Thursday night. David was a professional fighter, I don't know. And, and all the challenges that come with that, you gotta think David had a lot of nights under the stars where he goes, man, I'm just stuck. I'm stuck, God. I, I don't know what to do. And I like to picture David being stuck the night that he sang this song. The night that David sang the song, the Lord is my light And my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I think that David sang that song, and I think he sang that song to himself over and over and over again, because guess what? Being a young adult is really, really scary, isn't it? And and, and looking out at that boat sailing out in the sea looks pretty great and all, but sometimes it's just more safe to stay stuck on the shore. Problem is when you're stuck on the shore, that's where dreams go to die. When you're stuck on the shore, that's where that life that God has for you starts to just get suffocated and stops being a reality to you and you kind of just get content to stay on the shore the rest of your life. So David had all these moments where he goes, no, forget that, I'm not doing that, we're going for this, we're going for this, we're gonna do this thing. And so he was doing all these scary things for God's kingdom all the time. And I think the first thing we need to learn about David's life is that he realized if we want to be that, that sailboat to stay with our analogy out on the open water, the first thing that we got to do is we got to cut the line because a sailboat just sits in the dock, right? And the line is the thing that keeps it tied up to, to the dock and it just kind of sits there, you know? And by the way, isn't that just like the most depressing thing? When you see a bunch of boats just like sitting at the dock and you're like, yeah, oh, it was created to be out at sea. Why is it just sitting there? And I think maybe God thinks that way uh, about us a lot of the time too. And so he's going, hey, there's a line that's keeping you connected to the dock. You gotta cut that. You gotta cut it. And that's a scary thing, isn't it? That That is the scariest thing, cutting the line from the dock because all of a sudden you're out in open waters and your safety net, your stronghold of the dock is no longer there. But check out what David said. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Think about that. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Here is the great irony uh, uh, about being a young adult and and falling into the trap of trying to play it safe. The great irony of trying to play it safe and, and stay on the shore is we think we're staying safe by keeping a stronghold that, that, that is on the, the shore. The reality is that stronghold's just so temporary. That, that stronghold is so fleeting. That stronghold, that bank account, that relationship, that whatever you wanna call it is so temporary, it's not going to last. The real stronghold that gives you actual peace, actual comfort, and actual sleep at night is God. So, so David's going, no, I'll cut that rope. I'll cut that line. I, I don't need that line. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. So I wonder if maybe a few of you tonight feeling stuck need to, need to hear that, that the Lord is the stronghold of your life, so you don't have to be afraid anymore, you know? And yet it's still scary. It's still scary, of course. I, I like to picture David, though, when he's with his guys. I picture things a lot. I don't, I don't know. It's just a weird thing that I do. Um, when, when, he's, when he's with his guys and, and they're about to go into battle, and they've got another scary enemy, the, the Amalekites, the Philistines, whoever, are in front of them. And, and all of his men are like pacing back and forth, you know, like all nervous and like, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I like to picture David just kind of hanging out. I like to picture David singing worship songs. I like to picture David just completely content, at, completely at ease. And, and I like to picture his men coming up to him going, David, how, what, what's the deal? Like, how do you stay so calm in these situations? I think to David, one of his secrets was he would say something along the lines of this, hey, um, you guys are too worried about that scary army that's out in front of you. I'm busy remembering the dead giants that are in my past, right? You, You guys are so worried about the things, the next challenges that are to come. I'm busy remembering that I've been here before. I've been here before, I've seen this before, and guess what? My God came through for me back then and he's gonna do it again, God came through, through for me back then. Why would he change his mind? Man, this happens, to me, this happens to me every Sunday around 2 p.m. that I'm speaking. Literally, I was sitting in Java Connection with, with, a few, with, with Ben and a few of these guys. just like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Right? I, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know what I'm gonna say. And, and I had it all ready to go, but I just didn't, I, I didn't know. And I had to go back to my car and remind myself again, hey, I've been here before. I've been here before, and God has worked through me before. It's going to happen again. It's going to happen again. So you get scared, and you want to keep that line at the dock. you got to cut it. You cut the line, and you go. Because even though it gets scary out there, and even though there's things that happen, and you fall, and you, you whatever, it's so much better. Um, we, we keep, I keep talking about young professionals, but the, the reason I'm so pumped about it is where the tagline for it is driven and terrified which I just think is, is pretty, pretty good because that's, that's, that's what this stage of life is like, isn't it? Like we're driven, we're ready to go do things, but we are just so scared. And, and for those of you who are sitting there going, like I go throughout my week and everybody looks at me like I'm supposed to know what I'm doing and I don't know what I'm doing, right? Like here's the dirty secret, that's all of us. <laughs> you know, like, like we're all trying to figure this thing out and none of us have any idea what we're doing. So we're just getting really good at, at pretending like we know what we're doing. Right, I, I was uh, um, thinking on my drive over here a couple of years ago. I was I was about to leave to come to church, and I was preaching. And um, it was a young adult thing, and so I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to go. <laughs> I put my shirt on, and my shirt's just so wrinkly, like, like everywhere, and I'm like, well, I can't, I can't wear that, but like literally the time is, is short, and I need to get in my car like right now, and so I panic. I have this moment of just like, well, what do I do? So I plug my iron in, this is a true story. I plug my iron in, and, and I thought it would take too much time to, to iron my shirt the right way, so I just kept it on, and I just started ironing my shirt. It's a true story. Now, now here's the thing. Um, irons are really hot. <laughs> Write that down if you're taking notes. Irons are hot. And uh, for those of you who, uh, who haven't tried this before, which I'm assuming is probably everybody else in the room, um, it hurts and it burns. Like not in like it burns for a second and then it stops burning, but in like, no, this burn is going to stick around for a couple of days kind of a way. So I'm like up here on the stage like, hey, guys, what's going on? Like, does anyone have a cup of cold water? I'm just hurting so bad. Right, This is what life is like as a young adult. You cut the line. Watch me pull this one together. You cut the line, you head out to sea. And sometimes you're like ironing your shirt while you're wearing it because you're trying to figure life out, right? And yet, man, it is so much better than staying on shore. It's so much better than not trying. It's so much better than playing it safe. So the first thing we got to do is we we, got to cut the cord. Uh, Let's keep going to to the second thing. I'm going to jump to verse 4. I told these guys I have like two hours worth of things I wanna talk about. We're gonna, we're gonna keep moving. Jump into verse four. David says this, one thing have I asked of the Lord that which I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Here's the deal. After you, you, you cut the line and you head out to sea, something else happens. you're you're sitting there, you're trying to get out to sea and it just feels weird and it just feels awkward and you're trying to figure life out. So what do you do? I think that this verse, Psalm 27.4, this is just me speculating. David might be up in heaven like, you don't know what you're talking about, shut up. But I speculate a lot. I think that Psalm 27.4 was this huge, big learning for David. In fact, I think, I would argue that it was probably the learning of his entire young adult career as he's out wandering in the caves, hiding, running for his life. I think what David was learning is, hey, I've got a whole bunch of things that I wanna do. I've got a whole bunch of dreams and desires and goals and ambitions and all these things that I'm shooting for, but guess what I need to learn how to start doing? I need to learn how to start saying, God, let me just ask for one thing. Let me ask, if you had one thing to ask God for, if you got one wish, what would that wish be, right? A job, marriage, safety, whatever. David goes, I want you, God. The one thing that I want is you. And so I think that as we learn how to get our boats out into the water, the thing that we need to learn how to do is we need to learn how to put our sails up need to learn how to put our sails up because the thing about a sailboat is it doesn't move unless there's wind and a sail that's causing it to move. And I think as young adults, the thing that I'm most guilty of, probably all, a lot of the time, is like getting out of the boat and trying to like kick from behind. You know, like, I'm going to get this thing moving. I'm going to go make this thing happen. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to figure this out on my own. And I think that David finally learned, hey, um, you can't do that. You can't do that. Life is not about figuring this thing out on your own. The Holy Spirit, John, John 3, 8 says, blows wherever it pleases. And so our job as Christians, our job as Jesus followers, is just to put our sail up and to allow the Holy Spirit to take us out to sea. But I get that backwards a lot. I try to do that on on, on my own strength a lot. And when you try to do that, man, it just doesn't work. So after you cut the line and you head out to sea, the next thing you gotta do is you gotta get those sails up and you gotta learn how to sail. You learn how to to adjust with the wind. You learn how to get where you need to go. And you do some circles sometimes, right? Sometimes you tip the boat over, whatever. But you learn and you practice and you learn how to walk and step with the Spirit. You learn how to get to a point where you go, the one thing that I ask, Lord, the one thing, is that I would just have you. I just want you, God. I just need you, God. Everything else will work itself out, God. I just am gonna put my sails up and ask that your Holy Spirit would lead me wherever it leads me. Um, Maybe a, a, a surfing analogy w- would work. I'm not a great surfer, um, but I, I like to I like to try, <laughs> I like to try things, um, and I uh, I surf with a buddy of mine in Laguna. Sometimes who's like a really, really good surfer. Like he was a professional surfer for a while and he just makes me look so bad every time that I'm in the water with him and I feel really insecure and I hide behind that wall, you know, and I go, but I can, I can do ministry or something. I don't know, it's the whole thing. Um, but, but like when he, when he gets on a wave, he just looks so cool, you know? Like it can be, it can be like a, a small wave, whatever, and he just knows how to take whatever wave he's given and do something incredible with it. I, on the other hand, get on a wave and just like look like the drunk uncle, like stumbling into Thanksgiving. I don't know. That was a weird, it's a weird (laughs) backup. (laughs) Delete that. Right? Like, I I don't know. I, I just, I, I just don't look good. Right? And, and every time I like, I'll paddle back out and I'll go like, man, how did, what was the difference between you and I? You know, and he'll, he'll watch me surf. He always says the exact same thing. He goes, Ryan, you're trying to tell the wave what to do. You know, like Ryan, you're trying to control this wave. Ryan, you're, you're trying to drop it on this wave and force this wave to be something that you want it to be. A good surfer understands that a wave's just gonna be a wave. A wave's gonna do what a wave's going to do and so you see that and you adjust accordingly and you learn how to take the wave wherever the wave wants you to go. It's like a dance, right? And so it is with walking in step with the Spirit that so often I try to force it. I try to go, let me do it this way, God. I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to grow. You know, like, I'm going to be spiritually formed. <laughs> you know? And you end up feeling burnt out. You end up feeling stuck. And you go, why, why, why do I feel so stuck? And maybe what some of you need to hear tonight is you feel stuck because you're trying to tell God, what to do. Instead, we gotta just get our sail up and let the wind take us where it's gonna take us. It's scary. It, it, it's a process. He always, that's the other thing. I, I go, I, just, I, don't, I know, I know, but I don't know like, how to do that. And he goes, it just takes time, man. You, you, when, when, you, when you're uncomfortable with something, when it's new for you, you try to control it. It's just what happens, but repetition, 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 and, and soon you, you learn how to let the wave just do what, what the wave's going to do. I think the same thing is true with our walk with God. Right. I think that our walk with God is about learning how to allow the Spirit to, to do what we need to do. So um, we've we got cut to the, cut the line. Cut the line. And if you're sitting there going, man, i got to cut the line this week. i got to have that conversation. i got to do whatever. Then maybe you're, you're saying the thing that you're going to repeat to yourself all week is, the Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I fear? If you're sitting there going, man, I need to get my sales up. You know, like I need to get my sails up and learn how to let the wind get me unstuck, learn how to let the Holy Spirit guide me, learn how to walk and step with the Spirit. Then maybe the thing you're repeating to yourself all week is one thing, one thing that I ask. I just want you, God. One thing that I ask, the one thing that I want, I just want you. It's kind of like, um, don't get offended by this, anyone. I don't know. Um, I'll have conversations with people and they go, they'll, they'll say things like, yeah, like I'm super content being single. You know, like I don't even want a spouse. I don't. Like, I'm, so, I'm just freed up for the kingdom right now. I'm living the dream. I got, like, all this time to myself, and I'm, like, developing all these skills. Like, I don't even, wa- I don't even want that. And, and, and I could tell the whole time you got, like, your fingers crossed behind you. Because what you heard somewhere along the way is if you can trick God into thinking you're content being single, then he's going to hook you up with, like, a, a super great spouse, right? And so, and so we kind of, like, sit there, and we go, yeah, no no, I'm good, I'm I'm good, I I got this, and and at first, when we pray, God, the one thing that I ask, the one thing that I want is you, man, listen, at, at first, our motivation's gonna be so that you'll hook me up with all these other things, right, that's why you keep doing it, that's why you keep coming back, that's why you keep falling in love with God, and as you do that, you start to believe 20%, 30%, 60%, 80% that what you really do desire, that one thing that you really do desire is a relationship with God. And you just keep repeating it to yourself over and over and over again. But there's one final, final step to, to this problem. There's one final push, if you will, that, that might help some of us get unstuck. Tonight, if he keeps going, he says, for he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. It's easy to hear that verse and think, easy for David to say he was king. He had it all going for him. Remember where he was. Remember the situation that he was in. Wasn't good, usually didn't look too good at, at all. And so when you're sailing, I, I, by the way, all this is coming, I had a conversation with a guy um, yesterday who uh, is a sailor, and so I'm like asking him all these questions, and so I'm gonna throw out these terms and you're gonna be like, that's not right, and I'll be like, I don't know, I don't know, I just, he told me. But when you're sailing, there's a thing called a doldrum. Right, anybody heard that word, the doldrums? The doldrums are where the wind just dies. The doldrums are where the wind just, just, just stops going. You got your sail up, you've cut the line, you've got your sail up, everything's going great, and then the wind just dies. And I think a huge, 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 maybe the most important thing that, that you need to hear tonight, the most important thing about being a young adult and getting unstuck is that sometimes the doldrums are just gonna happen. Sometimes the wind's just gonna stop. Sometimes your boat's just gonna be sitting out there at sea, and you're gonna start thinking, what did I do wrong? Like, like, like where did I, do? maybe I need to apologize to this person, or I need to call him or her, or I need to go to Compton. Or I need to serve a little bit more. I need to pray. I need to fast. I need to, all those things might be true at times, but man, sometimes, and, and this is all over scripture, sometimes we just go through seasons of no wind, so what did David do when he's going through the season of no wind? I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Oh, when things are good, it's easy to worship, but when things are bad, how about then? How about then, David's going? How, how, how about this? How about this? If the wind stops and I'm just stuck in one place for a day or a week or a year, how about this? I'm just going to keep singing. I'm just gonna keep worshiping. I'm just gonna keep giving all the praise to God because that's where the praise, that's who deserves the praise. And whether he saves me from this or not, I'm not gonna stop singing because the Lord is the stronghold of my life. The Lord is who I care about. And so I'm gonna keep praising and I'm gonna keep worshiping. David was a man after God's own heart. He was a man that God said, yes, you're getting it right. And listen, It's not because he was perfect. And it's also not because his life was super easy. It's because he learned how to worship in the middle of the storm. It's because he learned how to worship even when the wind wasn't blowing. And as he did that, when you worship when things are good, anyone can do that. Because you're thanking God for the good things that God gave you. What about worshiping when things are bad? You worship when things are bad, And what you're saying is not, God, if you give me this, then I will praise you. You're saying, God, even if, even if it doesn't come, even if this stays for a long time, I'm just going to keep singing. I'm just going to keep worshiping. Listen, when things are good, then you're out sailing in the sea. That's when you can go help other boats, right? And you can go help other people get their sail up or cut the line or whatever. And that's great and celebrate those times and hold on to those times. But when things are bad and you worship, that's when God can change you. That's when God can start to work on your soul. That's where the money comes from. Um, So yesterday, uh, we're we're walking around uh, Skid Row, and um, we're doing the the Project 54 thing, and and we're just worshiping and—not worshiping. We're talking to people. i got a one-track mind. We're talking to people. I guess that's worship. Worship's everything, Mike. Um, we're, we're talking to people, we're ministering, we're, we're, we're hanging out, we're having a great time, and, um, it's just this, this, like, awesome moment, and then there's this guy that's taking pictures, or he's doing video, and, uh, I hear through the grapevine, Tara, I I think, told me, he goes, hey, uh, he's from Colorado, and I, I am too, so I got all excited, I was like, oh, that's awesome, man, where are you from? And he goes, uh, he says the hometown that, that, I'm from, and I go, wait, what? I go, hey, I went to, I went to Rock Canyon High School, and he goes, I went to Rock Canyon High School. And then we realized that, I go, what's, what's your name? And he goes, he tells me his name. And I'm like, I know you. Like, like I'm Ryan. And, and it's, it sounds weird, but it's been 10 years since we've seen each other. It's Been 10 years since, since we've seen each other. And so it's like, oh, that's crazy. Hey, like, what's going on? Catch me up about your life. And, and he um, is, is working at, at Project 54's warehouse doing videography. And so he's helping Kyle out uh, on the side. And so we have this, like, great conversation. And then he goes, hey, what about you? Like, what do you do? And uh, I go, oh, I'm, I'm actually a pastor. Like, I'm a pastor of the church that, that all these people are from, <laughs> priceless. Without skipping a beat, he goes, really? <laughs> and then <laughs> and he realizes what he said. He goes, oh no, I didn't mean it. And I go, no, it's okay, you did mean it that way. And, and that's, that's totally good. No, because he hasn't seen me in 10 years. And if you would have told 2007 Ryan that he was gonna be a pastor, 2007 Ryan would have laughed in your face, right? 2007 Ryan would have been like, you get out of here. You have no idea what you're talking about. So we start cracking up, we're we're laughing, and I'm telling him, yeah, like college was this crazy time for me and God just grabbed me and I I got really excited about ministry and I've been doing all these things and it's been so, so good. And and we just kind of have this moment of just like, you know when people say like, hey, don't ever change. You stay you, don't, don't, like, forget that, you know? Like, why, why? If the Holy Spirit's working inside of us, if the Holy Spirit's molding us and, and, and changing us, then why wouldn't we want to change, right? Why wouldn't we want to, to 10 years from now have somebody come up to us and go, man, you, I don't even recognize you. You look way different than you did back then, right? And so I started telling him, yeah, I'm I, using my boat analogy, like, I cut the line and I put my sail up and I'm learning and I, and I, tanked it a bunch of times and I went in circles a whole bunch, but I'm starting to figure it out and I still have a long, long, long way to go, but I'm starting to make progress. And we had this really sweet moment where it's like, man, this stuff actually works. You know, like maybe, maybe tonight what we need to just realize is that God's still changing lives. Like God's still moving. God's still on the move and God can still take you in a stuck place and get you unstuck. You know, like if we cut the line and we put ourselves and we keep worshiping through it, then maybe we should start trusting the process a little bit. Trust that it's gonna take time and it's gonna, it's gonna be awkward moments and you're gonna try to iron your shirt on yourself or whatever, but you're gonna make it, right? And we're gonna get there. And hey, and check this out. I want some, one of my prayers is that, that 10 years from now in 2027, somebody comes up to me, hears me preach a sermon and hasn't heard me since 2017. Somebody comes up to me in 2027 and goes, I didn't even recognize you like the, the love that you're speaking with and the grace and the understanding of, of Jesus, like, like what's happened? What's happened? And I'll be able to celebrate it and go, no, it's just God, it's just God working in my life. And I, I don't know, I'm just showing up and doing my best to, to put my, my sail up and keep worshiping God and he's doing something. So I, I wonder tonight if maybe the motto for some of you this week needs to be, I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Not, not only if he comes through for me, but, but even if he comes through for me. So, so that's how we're going to end tonight. And band, you, you guys come up. We're, we're going to sing a song um, called King of My Heart that um, has been one of those songs for me and for a bunch of us the last year, year or so that, that just kind of like does something, you know? That, that, that reminds us, every, every time I sing it, I'm like, oh yeah, like that's what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> uh, I, I, thought, I forgot that the one thing that I desire is not, is not myself and my, my own whatever, but the one thing that I need to learn how to desire is God, that I need to learn how to sing, that I need to learn how to worship, and I need to get back to the basics of understanding that God is the king of my heart, he's the wind in my sails, and that he's never gonna let us down. That he's always going to be there for us and be there with us. And so if you're feeling stuck tonight, um, I want to just in- invite you to, to sing this song. And it's not an emotional thing. Like, like don't look for emotions or something like, like to break. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Whatever. But, but you just sing. You just, you just make a, a sweet melody. David doesn't even say it has to be a good one. I, I, I'm over there singing. It's never good. It sounds terrible. You just sing. You, you just sing and you go, no, God, this is, this is for you. I'm just gonna sing even if, God. Maybe tonight you're, you're doing great and you're feeling good and, and you're just ready to go, right? And, and you're ready to, to celebrate life. And that's you, that's awesome, man. You celebrate that. You, you sing through that. You thank God for all the challenges in your past that, that he's brought you through and for, for where you're going in the future. And if you're on the shore you're feeling stuck, you're feeling scared, you're feeling afraid to take, take that step and, and, and enter out, man, I get it, I get it, I get it, I, get it. I totally get it. Um, there's so much more, so much more out there. So I wanna challenge you, take a step this week, cut the line this week, get unstuck, allow God to help you get unstuck. It's good. It's scary, but it's just so worth it. So would you guys stand up to your feet and let's say a prayer. Father God, we love you so much. God, I thank you for who you are. God, I thank you that you are a God that doesn't leave us hanging. Father, I thank you that you are a God who is at work in the doldrums. Father, I thank you that you are a God who has a plan for each and every one of us. So Father, for anyone that's feeling stuck tonight, Lord, I wanna pray in Jesus' name that you would come get them unstuck. Lord, that we would be able to surrender whatever we need to surrender, to give up whatever we need to give up, that you would be the king of our hearts and that through that, one, you would be glorified and two, you would use us to do some incredible things in this world. So Father, we give you all the praise tonight in Jesus' name.